Welcome to the RM Williams Outback Podcast. This is Terry Cowley, Associate Editor of RM Williams Outback Magazine. Welcome listeners, thank you for being here. Queensland company Merino Country has been making 100% Australian Merino clothing grown and sewn locally for the past 30 years. Founder and owner Kerry Richards continues to challenge stereotypes in the wool industry. Hello, Kerry. Hi, Terry. The wool industry was, of course, traditionally centred on the southern states. Tell me about when you and your family were growing wool in the early 1990s. Okay, so the 90s was a pretty interesting time because obviously just coming out of the 80s when they'd removed the floor price and when everybody had gone into growing wool, we had these huge stockpiles of wool and people just weren't buying it. So we were shooting sheep. You know, we couldn't truck them off the place because it was too expensive. So it was horrendous and leading up into a drought as well it just made things pretty difficult so I guess what we were looking at is what do we do what do we do with our wool and what do we do with our our industry and what do we do with all of the community and basically early 90s everyone was pretty desperate really and I guess the government of the day ran something called a future search program it started out with just a, a workshop in Richmond which had 80 people attend and it was about looking at what we wanted as a community for the future of our area and I guess from this what happened was we formed a number of different groups and one of those groups was a wool grower group and from that the biggest thing was is that we as, a, as wool growers didn't know what actually happened to our wool after it left the farm gate. The other thing was is that our wools were often discounted at sales basically from being from western northwest Queensland or western Queensland and I guess the fact that we didn't know what happened to our wool and didn't know how it processed out fed into this as well. Most people think of you know, northwest Queensland has been dry and arid and a lot of vegetation in the, the wool. So what happened is as a wool grower group, we actually took wool over to Italy and had it processed through a non-aqueous scouring process that Kerry Packer was backing. And we then took this beautiful wool onto to be processed into woven suiting fabric, which is made up into beautiful suits and sold through Marks and Spencer. But the big thing out of this was that we actually told that, oh, you guys have Handpick this wool so this will skew the results and and what happened was I got in a truck basically went and picked up five bars of wool from eight wool growers and it was ever they actually had at the front of the, the shearing shed at the time so it wasn't any particular line of wool but it was all from the same area and I guess we'd all been through the same seasonal conditions so the wool was fairly even so it was pretty exciting they were trying to tell us that we were picking the best quality wool but what it came back and showed us is just how good our wool performed and we actually at that time I think I've got the specs here I've got all the spec sheets I found them the other day and the average micron count I think at that time was about 20.5 or 21 so the fact it processed out so beautifully as a straight fleece line was pretty exciting and that's actually set up a lot of I guess the background for where we are today and looking at using straight fleece lines of wool and just sort of having very straight specifications and very being very tight on what we do in, in terms of looking at the specs on our wool. Sounds like there was a fair bit of prejudice or even snobbery in the industry. Probably was and it was interesting because at the time I think Queensland was actually we had the most sheep per capita in terms of farmers and there probably was a bit of a prejudice because I guess when you're in Victoria growing wool in the rolling green hills or Tasmania comparing it to a product that's grown in a dusty 
arid area would mean that your product is better. But then I guess this is the amazing thing about merino sheep is that they adapt so well to so many different conditions and the conditions do actually affect the wool. And sometimes the harder the conditions, the better quality the wool you get. Well, that's my experience. Tell me about the move from being a grower to a manufacturer. So one of the things as a wool grower group, which was our grower group was called Matilda Merino in the early 90s. So many people had gone towards synthetics, which was the big thing because it was easy care and easy to make and I guess easy to buy. And the problem was is that we couldn't find wool in the shops. So one of the things the wool grower group wanted to do was actually show people what you could do with wool. And at that time, they had developed the easy care products and there's a few new, very new products coming onto the market. There was things like wool jeans, there was T-shirts, there was all sorts of different things. And as a grower group, we sourced products from around Australia that were being made by mainly small businesses and mainly a lot of wool growers who were deciding to do something for themselves. And from this, we went to shows and field days. But the thing that grew out of this was that people kept wanting products. And the, the one product that most people seemed really interested in was the basic wool t-shirt, a merino wool t-shirt. So from that, I actually started stocking a few shirts and selling them. And then from that, I then started buying the wool from the guy who developed the fabric. And I thought we could do a little bit better because looking at the background of our wool and the wool that we could use and going that one step further. And I basically started making garments and getting someone to, to make them from because I didn't have the, the types of machines. We got people to make T-shirts in Townsville. And if I knew back then what I know now, there's no way I would have probably headed down the road and went down. I just I had no idea about garment manufacturing. I do now, though, after 30 years, I probably know more than most people and, and all been self-taught and my husband as well now. He's, you know, we're all both self-taught and got a wealth of knowledge now in the, the textile and, and clothing industry. So you're still mainly sourcing your wool from Queensland. Can you tell me about the process it goes through? Because it kind of jumps around a couple of states and processes, <laughs> it doesn't does. it? It does. We don't always source from Queensland. I've sourced from other states. It just depends. We work very closely with our spinners and to see where we can source from because it does really de depend a little bit on the seasons and also availability of product. But basically the raw wool goes down to, at the moment, South Australia to Michelle's and it's actually cleaned and processed in South Australia. Then it's taken offshore and the company that we use will have it either made up into tops in either Thailand or Austria at this very point in time. And once it's processed from scoured into what they call parted sliver, it's then made up into a, a wool top, which is then spun into yarn to our specifications. So we have a very sort of tight spec on what we want our, how our yarn to come back to us as, which is very different to some of the other wool processors and people who make wool fabrics. And then we bring the yarn back to Australia. So it does go around the world. We actually, our knitters and dye houses in Melbourne. So it does this massive full circle before it comes up to us in Queensland in fabric form. So you've talked about tops, Kerry. When I think of Merino country, of course, I think of undies, very comfortable undies. How did you get to producing underwear, woolen underwear? So we did start doing distort outerwear and there was another company based down in Victoria who were doing wool undies and we used to sell their product alongside our product. We used to do quite a lot of product 
and just very basic, like a men's brief and a women's brief. I think that's all we did. And one day they said, oh, you guys are doing so well up in Brisbane, so when we had the shop at Paddington, that we've decided we're going to open our own shop up there for selling wool, their wool underwear and we're not going to supply you anymore. And basically from that, I said, all right, well, we're already doing the outerwear, let's make our own. And at that time, I guess, They were having a few issues with their fabrics and being so fine and not wearing well. So I went back to, once again, looking at the the raw wool and the specifications and what we wanted to create in our underwear, which was something that was soft but durable and something that could be worn every day and thrown into a washing machine. So basically, I developed the fabric a little bit further to actually suit the underwear and most people today actually the wool underwear that's out there has lycra in it ours doesn't it's 100% merino and that's basically a combination of the raw wool specifications and some amazing technology that is now available that we do and our wonders are probably well they're not probably they are our best-selling item in particular our men's brief and our basic classic men's brief that we've been making for the last three decades and our women's full brief and high cut brief so even though we we do a really big range of underwear which is fabulous for the heat so we sell more underwear between september and probably february which people are actually buying for the heat not for the, the cold weather and their best-selling products are the same products that we actually developed nearly 30 years ago so just goes to show that when you've got a really good style and it's basic that that's what people want so we do a whole range of hipsters and full briefs and lacy ones and but it's always going back to the actual essential basic style Looking for Australia's best range of full-size pickup trucks? Then you want a Ram truck. Get into your local Ram dealer for the best selection of powerful, capable and luxurious pickups all under one roof. With Australia's best range of full-size pickup trucks, Ram eats everything else for breakfast. Visit ramtrucks.com.au or see your Ram dealer today and get into a Hemi V8-powered Ram. Enough said. I can't resist asking you, Kerry, are you wearing a pair now? Absolutely. (laughs) I wear wool from top to toe every single day, from my knickers to my bra to my socks, my leggings. Every single piece of clothing I've got on is merino wool. Fantastic ad for your product. Now, that sounds a bit counterintuitive selling mostly in summer, doesn't it? I guess when people think of wool, they think of big, heavy overcoats, but the product that we do is ideal for summer and winter and for wear all year round. And people look at sheep out in the paddock, wool actually protects them whether it's hot or cold. And it's the same with with people, wool does the same thing. There was some resistance to underwear in the industry though, wasn't there? Yes, there was in the early days. And I was told by somebody from our wool board at the time that I was lowering the tone of the industry by promoting and selling and making wool underwear and I should have a really good think about what I was doing. And I said, hmm, I'll do that. And I made, we went and just made bright, really bright underwear after that because before that we were just doing sort of black and natural. So I thought, yep, I'll have a good think about it. And we went harder. And it's amazing. You know, so many people now wear wool underwear and not just our product. There's so many other companies now that are, are making wool underwear. So it's pretty exciting. And I I mean, really, our ethos at the time was we wanted people wearing basics. So socks and jocks, you know, that's something that everybody wears and it still is. So I think one of your goals was to make wool available for all people, not to be such an exclusive apparel item. Where does that idea come from, Kerry? 
the reality is, is that wool was always seen as an elite fibre and that, you know, the things that were made from wool were things like your amazing, beautiful suits, men's suiting. And even in the wool parades that you'd see, the, the royal shows, the garments were, you know, beautiful evening gowns, all sorts of things, wedding dresses, really top-end, expensive items and you know I've been going to the wool parades for years and you'd often hear people sit there going oh my god that's so amazing can you believe that's wool but then then the next breath they'd say but we couldn't afford it or that's not something I would wear and that's not what as an industry that we wanted what we wanted I guess is something that everybody would want to wear and that was affordable so that's always been my aim and I guess at one point when I was involved in some wool parades with a particular organization someone turned around to me and said we don't want people from a certain suburb wearing wool and I couldn't believe that they had actually said this because it was just I mean it doesn't matter who you are how much money you earn to be able to wear wool is amazing and to think that there was there were people in the industry who felt that it was such an elite fiber that it wasn't available to everyday people was just mind-blowing so I guess from my perspective we've always been about trying to make products that are accessible and whilst the price of our product is a lot more expensive than say a cotton item we feel that we keep our prices at a really reasonable level and our aim has always been that to keep the prices down and for people to wear not one pair of undies or two but to have four or five in their wardrobe not just to wear one shirt merino shirt or buy one merino shirt from us but to have three or four and that's actually worked for us so from day one I've always been about yeah let's let the masses wear wool let everybody wear wool it's not an elite fibre, it's a fibre for everyday wear. 30 years down the track, you're still innovating, Kerry. What's in the future for you? I, I understand you're looking at a use for fabric offcuts. Yep, we are at the moment. So one of the big issues that we have is approximately 20% of all the fabric we cut is waste. So when we have a roll of fabric, you think of, say, 60 metres of fabric, 20% of that is so small that we can't use it in any of our products, So, which is a lot of money when you add it up over if we're doing, you know, 15 tonne fabric a year or whatever it is, works out to be a lot. What we used to do with all our offcuts was actually send it to a local mattress company who would shred it and it would end up going into sort of like a packing blanket type product that would go into the, the toppers of mattresses. So about... 18 months ago, they stopped collecting the fabric. I mean, we'd been doing this for a long time, so we had to actually go, well, what are we going to do with it now? We don't want to dump it. We have so many people who are artisans and craftspeople who would use it, but you can only make so much out of offcuts. And this comes back to, I guess, last year, Jane Milburn from a company called Textile Beat, or that's Jane's business, Textile Beat. Jane did a Churchill Fellowship. And one of the things that she found when she was over in America and Canada was that people were using this product, which was like a wool fertiliser or a wool pellet. And when she came back, she said to me, you know, do you think you could turn your fabric into pellets? So the products that she was seeing were being made from raw wool. But we said, right, let's give it a go. So if after about 12 months of research and looking at what we can and can't do, we've actually just paid our deposit for the, the machine and hopefully in the next three months we'll actually be installing and commissioning some new machinery to go the full circle with our product and develop some new products out of our waste fabric. So it's pretty exciting. Of course, that makes business sense, but it certainly makes environmental sense as well. Absolutely. And the products we're looking at are focusing on things like garden products because 
merino wool or any wool is so water absorbing and is biodegradable makes perfect sense to use actually you know in garden products and hopefully we'll we'll develop a few new things and um, we'll see how it goes we look forward to seeing what you do in future kerry but just keep those undies coming undies for the world (laughs) thank you very much we've been speaking to kerry richards of merino country in queensland i am terry carley thank you so much for listening Now's the time to upgrade to a new Ram truck. With unrivaled Hemi V8 power and a max brake towing capacity of up to four and a half tonnes. With quick delivery available right now, you can get behind the wheel of a new Ram faster than ever. Stocks are limited, so see your Ram dealer or visit ramtrucks.com.au today. Ram eats everything else for breakfast. Stock and delivery times vary by model and dealer. 